What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings in around the world that are doing things very differently. As you guys always hear me say, either it's you're following your own path, you don't subscribe to that status quo, you know that there's something in your soul, you wanna do something differently, you wanna follow your path, your passion, you're just trying to follow your soul. You're not misunderstood here. We get you. My guests get you. For sure they get you. And every week, you know, I bring on really great guests to talk about what that journey looks like. Um, Media can glamorize and glorify and success. And it's just not that way. And there's no really arbitrary end date that says you've arrived. It's not really how life works. It's really about you doing what's right for you and feeling it all the way through and, you know, and understanding who you are and what your soul is wanting from you and its guidance and uh you know so the guests they talk about what they're experiencing in real time and things that are closest to them and things that they're they're recognizing whether it's their first venture their 50th venture uh we've got a lot of new people who who started tuning in uh you know the numbers have been going up greatly so i appreciate all of you guys um for those of you that are new i'm matt goddessman you guys can find me at matt goddessman on instagram if you want to get into the conversation at the intersection of culture and creativity and entrepreneurship you can uh, find me at, at HDF Magazine. That's kind of where this all started. And of course, at Hustle Sold Separately. And you guys know for the last eight years, I answer every single DM, text, reply, response on my wall, you name it, quiz, poll. It's me. It's always me. I have people always asking, like, who on your team is doing these? It's me. I believe in a community and a tribe, as does my guest today, which we'll get into in a minute. But I really, really appreciate each and every one of you guys. We're nearing about 4.5 million downloads. It's been an incredible journey. You guys continue to reach out, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the feedback that you guys continuously give and, of course, the support. And uh, we have another truly, truly great uh, episode today. And, and uh, for a gentleman I've been following for some time uh, after being introduced to his work from a friend of mine, and uh, I just I, I, I knew sooner or later that we would get into a really great conversation. Uh, and here we are. So and we're going to be talking about remembering who you really are. Listen, this is a very, very, very transformational, transitional time. And there's a lot of emotion out there. And there's a lot of emotion being expressed, projected, a lot of different things going on that when things are brought to the surface level, as you guys know, as I've mentioned before, it's not always pretty to look at, but it's because it's now time to deal with some things. And normally you witness people in an individualistic way going through their transformation. We just happen to be seeing more of the entire world, several billion people (laughs) doing it, uh, hopefully here at the same time. So it's a very unique time and it's a very sometimes distressful time for a lot of people because it's sort of like saying, hey, I don't understand what's going on here. Like nothing seems right. Nothing seems real. Well, you would be right in a way, (laughs) you know, but questioning is the beginning. And, um, you know, I've been on my journey for many years and uh, spiritually and, and professionally in a lot of different ways. But the spiritual is really what you guys know I'm very passionate about because it 
it's really about tapping into that core, that, that, that guidance that we came into this world with in the first place. Um, and sometimes we get a little far removed. So what better person than Shaman Durek as my guest today, who's a sixth generation shaman, a best-selling author and a visionary leader. Uh, and just, uh, I mean, a wonderful person in general. I mean, you can feel the energy the moment I said hello to him. I, I already felt uh, amazingly good. And, um, for those of you that aren't familiar, but I know a lot of my fans already reached out and a lot of the tribe already reached out, <laughs> excuse me, he wrote uh, the best-selling Spirit Hacking, Shamanic Keys to Reclaim Your Personal Power, Transform Yourself, and Light Up the World. Uh, that alone should make you rush to go get the book if you haven't already. Uh, and his focus is on evolution of humanity and simplifying our lives through common sense. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, and he's really just redefining what wellness means by putting the power back in people's hands so that they can consciously live their lives authentically and in alignment. So all of you listening already understand what this conversation is going to be about because you guys know how I feel about this and that that's where your truth is, is in who you really are. And that's why we're going to be talking about remembering. And of course, through his powerful ancient teachings, he helps demystify spirituality, making it attainable and understandable for the mainstream audience. You do not know how important that is because we can take it out of what seemed very interesting, very, you know, I, I used, my mom, as my mom used to say, because she raised me very spiritual, you know, don't worry about the woo, just stick to the core, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, his teachings have impacted thousands, I think it's probably even more than that, of people from diverse public figures like Nina Dobrev and Gwyneth Paltrow to tech giants like Dave Asprey of Bulletproof Coffee, uh, and his work has been recognized globally by major mainstream publications, People, Marie Claire, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, and featured on prominent health and wellness podcasts. And he has a recurring role on the CBS show, The Doctors. Uh, they profile his expertise in helping people deal with emotional and mental challenges that affect their physical well-being. And he's also got an online shaman school and widely popular show, Ancient Wisdom Today. They're instrumental in helping people tap into their personal power and unlocking any negative patterns that keep them from reaching optimal health performance. If you are not currently following him, just before you even continue this episode, just go do it. Just do yourself a favor. Just, you know, you, you, really, you really get to experience him a lot more. And, and Shaman Durek, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. I, I hope the intro did you justice. Oh my God. First of all, I'm just like, wow, this is great. The music was amazing. I was dancing. I love <laughs> what too. you said. It was so lit and it was so important because, you know, what you're literally doing is you're basically putting people in front of themselves and yes. you're just simply saying like, you're nobody else but you. So what is that? And what does that look like? And how does that, what's the color of that? How does that feel? And like, and what is that, you know, because we're so much told to like, to, to copy and to, to cheat yes. ourselves out of ourselves by wanting to be like someone else. And I love that realness. Ah, so yes. And you know, I mean, all the things that I did, it's, it's, it's really just really opening doorways for everyone else to be able to have an easier path to be able to bring information into the mainstream and to be able to support both, you know, the health and medical and biohacking and all the different communities to really bring a collective sharing that we can all, you know, participate in, in a very beautiful and authentic way. So yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. Thank <laughs> no, you. No, thank you. <laughs> I felt, I felt just really good right back when you just said that because you, you get it, you absolutely get it. And, and I, I, I wanted to bridge that gap between the audience and any guest that comes on and say like, look, like we're all the same and different. Like we're all on a path. Like nobody, there's nothing, you know, sometimes the, the media may, may glamorize or glorify, but everybody's going through something. We're all humans having human experiences, uh, but our soul is is really our guiding force. It's it's just in our house, in our bodies, you know. So I'm, I'm stoked to have you here. And I, I feel like 
probably all the work you had done up until 2020 <laughs> was probably the preparation for, you know, these next 10 to 20, 30, 40, 50 umpteen years that are about to happen in the, in the, in the time frame that we're in. We'll save that for you for a minute, but I would love if you could just share a little bit of your path to how you got here. And then, you know, we're going to expand on this remembering who you are and, and, and really giving great advice to the audience. Absolutely. So, um, I came about shamanism. I was a child, of course, as we all are. And I started to see spirits and so forth coming to me in my crib as a little boy. And then as I got a little bit older, it got more intense. And they started whispering things to me to do certain things, like, you know, go by this tree and wait for us to tell you what's the next thing to do. And then my father would say to me, did the ancestors reach out to you? Are the spirits talking to you? You know, are they asking you to do things? And I'm like, yes. And he goes, okay, so I want to explain to you that our family comes from West Africa and Haiti. Uh, you know, we have shamanism in our family and it's been, it's been pushed through the roots of Catholicism, which, you know, what we see today, which is in like Lukumi, Yoruba culture mm -hmm. and, um, and, um, and Ifa. And the, he said, but the thing is, he's like, you know, he goes, your great grandmother was my teacher, but I walked away from it. And she always said that I was going to have a child that was going to have all the powers of the ancestors. And I'm wondering what you're experiencing. And so it was really for me as a child, you know, growing up in this world, you know, I, I, I was born in Sacramento. We moved to this little town outside of San Francisco called Foster City. And when you're in a very predominantly, it was only three black families at that time living in that town and rest of everyone else. And so it was really, very interesting for me personally, because I always felt people in, hum in hu human beings and in people um, to be fake and to be not real. Um, because not because they can't be, but because they're told they have to be. And so that was really challenging for me because when I started developing my gifts in my family and I started to get the training from different family members and really getting the information from my dad, from my aunt, from my uncle and from different members of the family who, you know, really still observe those traditions and then going into school and seeing everyone be um, completely shut down from their gifts and their experiences but, but hiding it and protecting it under this guise of I'm doing what my parents told me to do. I'm believing what my parents want me to believe, even though I'm not really putting it through the lens of love and the lens of, um, you know, if, if I've come into this family to, to be the thing that has come as the anomaly in my family. And I would see a lot of my friends struggling because they would have intuition and they would have these psychic premonitions and they would have these things happening, but they kept stuffing it and acting like it was just like, oh, I was just, you know, that was just deja vu or, oh, this was this. And they always had some kind of way to like push it away. And for me, it was all about bringing it back. And so, you know, I was classified as the freak, the nerd, you know, <laughs> the dweeb or whatever name they wanted to call me. And some of them were even worse than that. And I spent a lot of time alone, but I really began to embrace the loneliness. At first it was sad and depressing and I would cry and be like, no one invites me to their birthday parties. Their parents think I'm evil. All their parents are telling me like, I'm, you know, I'm a child of the devil, you know, all of this stuff. And then, you know, my father would always say, well, you don't need them anyway. You have your family and, you know, they're just scared of you and they've been scared of our family. And that's just the way it is. And you can't go around sharing your powers with people. And I was like, why? Why do I have to hide? And then I just got really comfortable with that mm -hmm. silence, with that that place for me to just practice and really 
really hone my abilities and really talk to the ancestors and make the offerings and and be in ritual and 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 to the point where I embraced my loneliness so much it became my best friend so true. and it was so enlightening to have loneliness be my best friend because it was like loneliness taught me this open space where I can create and explore and expand and learn from myself, through myself, through the spirits. And then all of a sudden I got to this point of like, I don't really care what people think. I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna be the magical being that I am and I'm gonna go to school. And if someone is having something happen, I'm gonna be like, take this herb, put this thing under your tongue. You know, if someone, if you feel negative, spin around, say your name backwards, do these different things. And people started doing them, friends of mine, and they're like, oh my God, it worked. How is this possible? And then everyone wanted to come to my house after school to, I, you know, some, I, sometimes I think they, you know, come because they wanted to see inside the freak's lair, <laughs> or maybe it was just because they really enjoyed hanging out with me and playing video games. Like, you know, it, it really depends to each person. I didn't really want to spend so much time thinking you know, like why they were there. It was nice to have company, but what it did in my life was, um, I wanted to share it with the world, but shamanism is so, it's so intense, the teachings and the information, especially in African shamanism. And then when I started learning about other shamans and traveling the world and then getting into Christianity and going to Christian school, because I really wanted to dive into the Bible. I really wanted to understand the nooks and crannies of these stories in the Corinthians and the book of Acts and like and Deuteronomy. I really wanted to understand why are people you know, in the Torah, what is Israel? What is it like? So I went and lived there for so many years and learned their language and their culture and their food and their and the way they observe God and then Shabbat and going to synagogue and learning about the Talmud and the Torah and, you know, and just going to all these different countries and learning and observing. And what I realized was like, this is just way too much information to be shared with people. So I need to become a juicer and I need to take all the stuff that I'm getting from everything I'm learning and juice that thing and bring out the best of the best and give that to the people. And so that's what I've been doing. Oh, man, I love you. <laughs> that's so good. I, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting things that you said in there. First of all, when your childhood, when you were saying that um, they would shut down their gifts. And it's so true because that's that's what society can do. That's what parents can can cause children to do. And they started hiding their gifts and, and uh, you'd say you'd see a lot of friends, you know, struggling to not listen to their intuition. And what I found that was interesting is, um, you know, that in itself, um, you know, they were scared. It's like the parents were scared of becoming who they really were. And so they're trying to, to <laughs> where if they haven't opened up or awakened up, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of passing forward the same thoughts and belief structures and, and suppressing that very intuition that, you know, when children are born, they're closest to their soul's entry into this world. So the intuition is actually at an all time high can absorb, you know, they're, they're, they as humans can absorb everything. So I thought that was really great that you said that. And then, um, you know, and then uh, the embracing the loneliness. Sorry, I wrote a bunch of things while you were talking, but it was interesting. It's true when you're when you step into your loneliness, you can step into you know the mirror itself and the and the person that you're seeing and you can actually understand what's happening like with yourself and what can i create what can i do what would i do with this time you know and it starts to help you know guide you in a little in in a, in a lot of ways so I, I thought that was really fascinating as well and also when you said you were traveling the world and you're studying all these different religions and whatnot um you're right there's so much information 
And I find religion and spirituality a very interesting um, relationship, if you will, because sometimes where uh, religion, there's so much information in there that can actually really, really help. But sometimes um, when the rules start to come into play and it removes the, the spiritual, the, the stuff that you cannot see and the, and the other side, if you will, I think that, you know, people sometimes don't realize how powerful we really are here on earth, like how much we really have access to and how much we can really channel if we really take a, take a moment to, to open up our connection. Um, so I would, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Like how, you know, we're witnessing a lot of people in general right now questioning things and we've seen a wider range this has been for years, but we're, we're really seeing the numbers of people questioning things. And then the numbers of people who've already been on their journey (laughs) for a while. What do you, what do you think is part of that process that like that? What are you noticing in the, in the trends and like this remembrance and then, and how do you help also facilitate a lot of people who are, you know, just waking up is not an easy thing. It's like, it's like pulling the veil off and you're like, am I seeing this all right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, now you're seeing it. Like, how do you help people with that? Well, you know, something I want to say that you said about, um, you know, the children and the parents, I just want to say something that I always, I always say that just because you're older, you're not an elder. Yes. You know, because children are really the elders, right? And so we learn so much from, from children if we just step back into understanding, like, what is the message and the wisdom that comes from that? When we talk about people waking up, right? And so it's not, it's not the fact that people are really waking up. People are already woken. Yes. That's yes. not the issue. The issue is how they are able to perceive and digest and, and allow the information that is being given to them. That's always been given to them. They just haven't brought their awareness to what has actually been given. Yes. And so, so a lot of times we, we look at things in these very kind of like um, open, closed ways. Human beings are open in the nature of who they are just by being. But what they are exposed to is based on perception and based on awareness. And that is what's what's happening right now is that there's this great expansion that's happening. And so what I do with people to help them get through that process is to remove the negative um, ideas or aspects of the unknown or the conscious aspects that human beings create to create and generate fear as an energy source versus utilizing their 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 amazing technology, their body, their mind, their intellect, their emotional intelligence to actually create um, an energy source that is productive and also available for them at any given time, which is them as the resource to generate a more loving, more graceful, more happy, more joyful, adventurous, playful way in which to experience things versus the fear that has been kind of registered to them in the way that they should handle things that they feel they can't control. And so a lot of the the suffering that people go through is a vanity suffering. It's not really that they're suffering. It's more of a mental anguish because of the of the inability to direct the mind and open up that part of the prefrontal lobe and the campus gland to be able to focus on the perceptions of reality that are worth you perceiving and the ones that you don't really need to put your energy into, which are more distractions from the matrix. It's more kind of like the matrix is like, hey, look over here, look at this horrible thing. I want you to focus on this and get really revved up by this and get really reactive to this so we can keep you oppressed and keep you down and keep you in place of fear so we can push all of our agendas down your throat and you will just eat whatever we give you because you're not aware 
of the fact that you have what is called human resource. You have human resource that allows you to intellectually choose what frequency, what code, what energy you choose to be a part of. And I love that um, showing people how easy it is to get to that point. And when they see it, they're just like, oh my God, Dirk, I'm not affected by anything anymore, Shaman right. Dirk. I feel lit. I feel amazing. Like, this is crazy. Like, all these things that I were giving me anxiety and giving me all of this, you know, um, unneeded stress, which is really what it is, is now eliminated. And it's like that. And it doesn't need to be like, this long drawn out process, which human beings always like to believe that they have to go down <laughs> this so long <laughs> process to reach enlightenment in the enlightenment happens all the time. It's a constant evolutionary process of discovery, curiosity, playfulness, and allowing and removing those, those labels, limitations and stories because all of life is built on stories. When I learned as a shaman, as a kid in my training, my elders used to always say to me, your ability to perceive dimension is based on the stories that you've told yourself yes. or the stories that you listen to from us. So if you want to go further out and expand and reach into different levels of power, you need to tell yourself a different story. You need to find stories that, are, that open up those doorways. And so if we understand that the stories we've been told from our parents have not been put through the lens of love for the sake of love. It's just been passed down and we accepted it out of respect, even though we knew it was pretty kind of like, ugh, you know? We really get to redefine what that is and how that looks like right now. Uh, yes. So <laughs> it's it's so unbelievably true. Well, for, I love that when you're talking about like the distraction, like, hey, look at this thing over here. Fear, fear, fear. Look at this thing over here. And, um, and it's such a distraction because I and the the fact that you brought up the point that it doesn't have to take a long drawn out time. You just have to come from. A, I say that the, the quickest path is through the heart. Um, I had to learn that. I mean, I've always been. I mean, I, luckily I had a very a set of parents, probably like yours, and and very loving and and whatnot. But learning how to channel through the heart in a way that um, even when somebody would attack, I'd be like, "Hey, what's the narrative going on?" And people are like, wait, what? What? I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm genuinely curious. I mean, yeah, you know, you're saying you're mad at me and you're this and you're that. Let, let, let's just stop that right there. Like, what's the narrative? Like, what's happening inside? What's what's going on? Like, why would that be your assumption? Why would that be the thing that you feel? And would catch them so off guard, they'd be like, what? Well, wait, I, I, well, it's clear you were doing this. I'm like, no, it's clear I'm doing this because I know me. <laughs> and I love you, so I'm going to take a step back and 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 give you that space to share however you're feeling. But that was the, these are your words, not mine. So, so help me understand, like, how's that the narrative? Like, what's going on in there? You know, and it's interesting how fast you can disarm. And I feel like in this state of uh, of oppression, that of dealing with all the oppression, dealing with everything that's happening right now, if people would just take a step back and be like, what is it you're trying to say, and what is it you're feeling? Like, how, like, let me understand what you're feeling. I'll let you understand what I'm feeling. Oh, isn't it interesting? We're kind of feeling different things. We're just coming from different perspectives, different uh, backgrounds, different religions, different races, different all this stuff. And why are we being divided upon each other when really we should be teaming up with each other and be loving with each other and coming together? And we should probably look at the driving force that's trying to divide us and distract us, you know? So, and I, and I think that a lot of that would have to come from love, communication, authenticity, vulnerability, you know, all the things that of course weren't always taught in quote unquote societies, you know, matrix living of, you know, don't show weakness, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm like, no, like it's not weak to to be honest <laughs> it's actually a very strong trait and humility and humbleness 
I mean, do do you think that the people what what's happening right now? Like they just they just need. How do you what do, how do you feel about what's happening and and really what needs to change? I should probably start there. Well, you know, it's really interesting because when I was studying religion, mm-hmm. and I used to have this board in my house and. I used to take scriptures from the Bible, from the Quran, from the Talmud, from all these different um, ideas, Hinduism, you name it. And I used to put them up and I used to circle key things that I would read and then see how they interact and how they match up and so forth. And I would tie a string and figure out, okay, and then figure out, okay, what this means and what this is about. And what I came down to, it was about in my 20s, I was sharing it with my friends. Um, I was explaining to them that we are on a slave planet. Mm. And they were like, what do you mean we're on a slave planet? I said, well, based on my calculations and all the things that I've learned and read, I've made all of these different graphs and I was showing it to my friends and they were just like, you got to be kidding me. And I was showing them all the different slip ups in all the different religions that I found where they have made mistakes in actually saying what's really going on versus trying to hide it and mask it under this disguise of this angry God that sits in the clouds and like, you know, punishes the bad and rewards the good, like a very Santa Claus, very like, you know, very like, let me give you a lump of coal or put gifts under the tree kind of mentality. And so when I started to actually graph out this information, I found out that this species is a, was a very powerful species, but we've been overtaken by uh, an ET, uh, an extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. as we would say, or an off-worlder that has disguised itself as a god at one time for us and, we, and made us continue to succeed in this very fearful way that if we don't do what it wants us to do, it will do this and this and this to us. And then we begin to operate and carry that 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 fear. And that and that same energy is being projected in us on this planet. We're still a slave planet. We're only we're a planet in a huge universe that one destroys its own resources. <laughs> kills people because of the color of their skin, judges people because of their sexual orientation, gets mad at people for observing creation differently. Um, we, instead of engaging in beautiful conversations of ways that we can help and, and understand each other's cultures, ideas, observations of God, why we feel an insecurity, why we don't feel loved, instead we go to war, we use war as a way to create profit. We use um, conflict as a way to get agendas and positions of power across. We um, pollute our systems with all types of poisons that the government says is okay to do because it's, inter- it's, it's interactive to help you deal with social anxieties and help you be able to cope, have coping mechanisms because we've given no coping mechanisms on a planet that gives you no emotional intelligence, on a planet that made you feel that the moment you came to this world that if you don't do what it's supposed to, that you're supposed to do as according to your parents and your social upbringing, that you're something's wrong with you. And because something's wrong with you, you're not going to make money. You're not going to survive. You're not going to be loved, liked or valued or seen or have any purpose. And so therefore you act against yourself, against mm-hmm. your better inner being's truth of what's right for you and harmonious for you to live a really good life. You're put into a school system that tells you what it wants you to learn and created tests that come from, I don't know where, that tells you who you are and how you are and yep. thinks they can sum up your character by numbers and, and check marks. 
Um, you're put into uh, an, an institution that only gives you the ability to learn things that supports the system that wants you to buy things so they can take your money and then make you work for it again so they can take it and make you work for it again so you stay on this hamster wheel of consumerism and then you um, you, you you do separate your feminine masculine polarities by, by believing that this is masculine, this is feminine, here are the boxes that they fit in and here's what they mean and anything that doesn't fit within this box if you're gay or straight or bisexual or whatever these things are, something's wrong with you, you're broken, you must be broken, something's wrong with you uh, because if you're not labeling yourself in one of these boxes and you don't fit into any of them like that movie Insurgents, then you are literally crazy and something's wrong with you and you should be outcast in society and made fun of and so forth and that the value of your power and the strength of your word is based on how many likes you have on instagram and how and how well known you are in the public and that people would want to listen to you that gives you the power to be able to sell products and get people into things because you know everything and you have it all figured out and if you're religious and spiritual oh then you have all the information and you are such an amazing and good person because you are religious and you follow books and rules and you're really good at following the rules and you're not you're not you're not going against the matrix you're doing exactly what we want you to do to be to keep the people in alignment so when they come out of alignment we give you permission to attack them ridicule them slander them kill them or destroy them just because they are not following the system this is a slave planet and so what's happening is people are waking up from this, 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 as Bob Marley says yep. in Redemption Song, this mental slavery. Mm -hmm. Just because you think you can go to Hawaii or Tahiti or you can go to Cuba or you can go to, uh, to, uh, to Bali or wherever you feel like you can go and stay at whatever fancy hotel you want to stay at or whatever cabana or villa or whatever it is, or you can drive that car and drive that car and buy these clothes and do that. Slavery, the worst kind of slavery is not where you can actually be put into bars. It's when you actually think you have freedom, but your mind is not free. And this is why shamans, mystics, um, elders, witches, everyone who belongs in that world that I come from, and why plant medicine, why they've been offering ayahuasca and iboga mm -hmm. and combo and all these different uh, medicines, because they want the Westerners to realize not so they can go on a joy ride and, and escape through the medicine because another coping mechanism right. for the craziness they don't want to deal with in the world. Bliss but junkies. to realize. Bliss junkies. Yeah. Bliss junkies. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. They want you to re we want you to realize that you are more than what this system has told you. You are more than what your teachers in school have told you. Mm -hmm. You are more than what your mother and father told you. You are so, when you look at superhero films, the reason why you're so addicted to them, why people love all those Spider-Man, Batman, Superman films, is because you are a superhero. You have powers, real powers inside. And so what's happening right now is that the light, the consciousness of evolution, which is always happening, which I always think is very fascinating that people don't realize evolution is always happening, right? And so when they think they're working on themselves, you're not really working on yourself, you're just evolving. That consciousness, because of all the solar eclipses that we've had on Earth, has brought a, such a strong magnetic field of energy that is pulling all the sediment, 
all the gook, all the stuff that's been swept under the rugs, like left on the ground so no one can see. And it's rising up to be dealt with so that we can clear the social calamity and the discord that we as a collective shadow have created by our inability to acknowledge that something is not okay if I have to work of my life, 80% of my life is spent in survival and 20% is figuring out why the hell I'm on this planet. Mm. Something is off. Uh, so, so well put. I, you must have been listening to my conversation last night. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was talking about the, the documentary Thrive, uh, What Will It Take, uh, from about eight years ago. And it's very interesting when you talk about the so free energy, which actually exists and would actually power the entire planet, uh, but uh, has been suppressed for about 120 plus years. And how energy and food and medical and education and media and finance and all of that is all interconnected and in how everything has been taught and manipulated and run and how, you know, the education system 12 years should get you indoctrinated into, you know, um, being a labor in the free market, quote unquote, economy, which really you're actually just in debt your whole life and you're working, 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 and you're never actually getting really anywhere because you are kept into a very containment of a fabric of society that helps run you know what isn't really working but is only working for a very you know select few and i just and it's very very interesting how it's all interconnected and i always just tell people like just go check that out you know start but a lot of people have already been asking those questions but you you bring up such such great points about this isn't this isn't we're not here to suffer <laughs> we're really not here to suffer suffering has been kind of the, the fear and scarcity has been, you know, uh, in, embedded into us, like you said, from very from when we when we get here. You know, it's like, hey, here's how you need to think, feel, act, and do, and be. Um, and by the way, ignore that little voice in your head. That's your intuition. Yeah, just go ahead and ignore that. That's I'll we'll give you the blueprint. Don't worry about that. You can trust us. We'll give you the blueprint. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. What, what's that? Yeah, it's like a '50s car salesman. Yeah, you know, and and you're you're <laughs> it's so true. And you're right. And it's like people are like, "Some's not right. This doesn't feel right." And I like the fact that enough people are saying, "Some's not right. Something doesn't feel right." Like, go on. What do you think that that is? And they go, "I don't know. Like, just some things aren't really lining up." And like, I'm seeing this and I'm seeing that, and that doesn't really seem right. And I'm like, keep going, you know. And, and it's so it's it is a fascinating time and. Um, I think it's causing people to have to really deal with their ish, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and there's also when when people start dealing with stuff, it can be very judgmental, right? Sometimes they're angry at themselves. Sometimes they're angry at the world. You know, when you when you start kind of really questioning things and you start really dealing with stuff, you can be you can be a bit judgmental. Um, how you know, because of that because of that just kind of like you know look your band-aid got ripped off <laughs> and you're just like this doesn't feel good and i was like no i mean transformation never really feels good but um at first but it's not like to your point it doesn't have to be a long drawn out journey you just you just have to feel through it and and understand why why you were feeling this way in the first place and not lash out but why do you think judgment exists like where do you think that that's that's coming from other than uh, one other thing I don't, before i want you to answer that is i love what you were saying about this planet I was told by a, uh, a spiritual mentor that, um, yeah, you know, the toughest souls come to earth. This is where the most work does. And I remember sitting in that workshop and I'm like, do you need to tell me like we're a project, we're a work in progress? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, you know, your ETs and your UTs, uh, you know, in, in like highly advanced, you know, other civilizations and other, you know, just like in this universe. She's like, yeah, 
The toughest souls come here because it's the most work. And there's actually a lot of empathy for us because it's very dense down here. Like the, this is where we're actually having to, you know, kind of um, we with our contracts coming in here, you know, and then having to remove all of this stuff and work through it. But instead we get distracted, like you said. So, um, you know, A, breaking free from the distractions and B, you know, um, removing judgment. Judgment, I, I feel like people don't understand where that's really coming from. And I would love for you to touch on that. Yeah, so I do want to, I want to answer to what you just said, what your mentor said about the toughest people come here. I want to just kind of add to that instead of saying the toughest people come here, saying the most loving people come here. Yeah, yeah. Because we are taught in the idea of being spiritually strong, that it comes from this strength and that the strength is some kind of form of outward expression. When in truth, the greatest person who moves through anything is the most fluidic person. It's like be like the water, as you've heard a lot yes. in old um, old um, films that where you have like the Asian ma a master says, you know, move like the wind, be like the water, the elements, you know, in shamanism, we always say that the elements are our greatest teachers, right? And so the more fluidic I am, anything that comes through to me, I can just move, you know, easily yes. through it. And it comes through my ability to love and I, and love gives you insight, love invites, love expands. And so when you love someone, like people always say to me, wow, your psychic abilities are so strong and that's how they want to say it, but it's because I love you that I'm able to see so much. Yes. Um, Cause when you love someone, you see it all. When you are in judgment, it's because you're afraid of your own self. And so you're only perceiving what you believe about your reality. So judgment is actually um, a what I would like to call a, a deficient illusion mm. that is based on the, character the characterization of you not being able to see beyond your own perception. So you're not really judging the person. You're only judging your own perception Absolutely. of what you see and what you perceive. And perception is an evolutionary process of information and exchange of ideas, conversations, and intellect, right? And so, so you could be someone who is, you know, living, like what friends, like when I lived in Israel, as a perfect example, I lived at a time in Israel where bombs were going off all the time. And, um, and I remember this woman sitting across, I was at this restaurant eating and this woman sat next to me and she said to me, would you like to go home and make love? And I said, that, that was very interesting. I was very curious of how this woman just got over to my table and asked me these questions. And when I started to really like talk to her and be like, so what made you do that? And she goes, well, I saw you, I saw your energy. It felt really good. You're beautiful. And I thought, why not? Oh, you know, life is short. You could leave the earth tomorrow. So why not see if you're open to this and let's go have an amazing experience. And so I started learning from the Israeli culture, like, you know, to, to, tomorrow I can be on the number four bus, you know, going down Heracon Street and all of a sudden a bomb, so a bomber jumps on and blows me up. So all my friends were real. They're like, Dirk, take your head out of your ass. Like they, they didn't have a problem saying what they needed to say because they knew that they're going to say it because they're going to love me in the moment as I am and be real with me no matter what it was like. So for me, it was able for me to change my perception coming from California, growing up in Hawaii, being in those two energies, and then realizing I'm in a place where, yeah, a bomb could go off tomorrow. So I'm starting to take on this energy of I'm going to start living my life to the fullest. I'm going to start changing my perception of how I actually appreciate when I hug someone. And I'm going to really go in for the real hug, not just like a hug with a pity pat pat on the back, but like a real soul hug. I'm going to start connecting in conversation 
conversations with people and really listening to them and really listening, like really just hearing what they have to say without me thinking of what I want to say while they're talking. I want to be more engaging in life. When I smell a flower, I'm going to smell it. When I make love, I'm going to make love. When I have a conversation with someone, I want to have mental orgasms. So all of these things, um, you know, are connected to judgment because in, in the way I have perceived judgment and what my aunt used to always say to me when I was young, she used to say, and my grandmother would say, what she said, you know, why are you talking to that boy? Why is that boy coming over to the house and spending time with you? And you're sharing all of this information with them about our culture. Why are you talking to them? I said, because I love them. And my, and my family would say, yes, I understand, but the boy is blind. I said, no, 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 his eyes, he can see, he can, he reads. No, they said, no, 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 child, he's blind, he's blind. And I said, oh my goodness, okay. So you're saying he's in judgment. Yes, he's blind. Because when you judge, you are blind, you cannot see. So I don't, you know, I'm a type of person that, one woman said to me, you know, I'm really angry with Trump. I'm angry, angry with Trump. I said, no, darling, you're not angry with Trump. You're just angry. Trump is giving you a reason now to express it and direct it. But you've always been angry. You just haven't been willing yes. to allow yourself to give yourself permission to emote that anger in the way that you're doing now that Trump has come into position. So Trump is saying, hey, y'all, here I am. You got problems? I'm here to solve them. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to irritate every single one of you and bring out all the things that irritate you and frustrate you and you can get, finally get it out. So that's why in shamanism, we don't look at... Um, everything that shows up as a negative, we look right. at everything that shows up as an opportunity. Yes. And uh, and really judgment is literally you being blind because you're afraid to see beyond your perception. So I say to people, look, if you want to open your eyes, the only way to open your eyes is to realize that all the information you have garnered in your life, you have to suspend it and go beyond. It's like a, a Wall Street exec once said to me, Shaman Dirk, is fairies and gnomes real? And don't tell me they are because I don't think I can work with you if that's the case. I said, well, then maybe you shouldn't work with me. And he goes, well, are you saying it's real? I'm going to say to, well, you, here's the deal. There are many things that are real and you may not perceive them, but you don't think just because you can't perceive them, you're just going to classify it as unreal because you don't have the ability to perceive it. How do you know it's not real? So before you make a statement and say, I'm going to walk out because you believe this, why don't you, instead of say, hey, I don't really believe that, can you show me? How can I see it so I can believe it? That is a smart and wise person. They say a wise person is not one who sees one road, but one who sees many. Hmm. You know, the fact that you brought up um, judgment, I, I was thinking of judgment as a signal. You know, when you when you talk about opportunities <clears throat> and it's always interesting to me when if I were to find myself uh, I mean, it's been a while, but I mean, but it can happen at any time, of course, if I less and less as we evolve. But um, if I were to find my pl myself in a place where I want to judge, it's such a beautiful signal to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's that about, dude? Why are you thinking that? You know what? Where let's let's decipher. What does that come from? You know, sort of like what you were saying about, you know, when the woman was angry and she's like, I'm angry at Trump. I'm angry at this. And I'm like, no, you're just angry. <laughs> 
What a beautiful opportunity to recognize that you're angry. Mm -hmm. Where is it coming from? And so I think that judgment is such a beautiful signal for people like, I, I want you to ask yourself, why would you be judging somebody? Where is it coming from internally? You can't even recognize it in somebody else unless you know how to recognize it. And then you can't know how to recognize it unless it's at some point or still is inside of you. Because the only way you can judge somebody else with that, like you can't call somebody, you know, an asshole or something like that. It'd be like, what's an asshole? How would you know what one is? <laughs> you know? and, uh, and the other thing, too, is I think it also goes in reverse where if somebody attacks with, you know, some really rough words and, and they're judging you, recognizing the opportunity there to be like, why am I feeling I don't necessarily I may or may not believe their words. If I either way, why would I be feeling? Where is the trigger? What is that? What's the opportunity to like to learn to evolve from this? Like, where is that coming from? And, uh, and I think I referenced this before, it was uh, like Bruce Lee was in an interview and he was talking about um, attacks, whether they're physical or they're mental and with words. And he said that your goal isn't to react. Like when it comes in, internally understand what is coming in so you can dissect it all at one time. Like what is the emotion? What is happening? And the more in practice you do with that, the more that, you know, you become so proactive in anything, you can see things like <laughs> you can see the unseen like way before it even ever happens to your other point about like seeing things that just because you can't see it doesn't make it real. You know, it's like, well, maybe you just haven't actually gotten to that point yet where you can, you know, see that. So, uh, I basically just love everything you said. <laughs> it's basically we, call that, we call that a spiritual immunity. Yeah. Yeah. What, you're, what you just described. So being able to be aware of the energy that's coming in a frequency, the more your spiritual immunity is strong, mm -hmm. you won't be affected by those things. Right. And so like, you know, if you have someone like, for instance, like in my relationship with my girlfriend, when she says something, instead of me popping off on her and getting upset, I go, thank you, honey. I'm really angry right now with you, but it's only, it's not you. It's the fact that yes. there's something triggered in me. So let me go figure out what this trigger is, look at it, where it came from, and then let you know so you understand what it is and then we can heal it and so and then i'm and if i do pop off on her i say i'm sorry so women can close their wounds because a lot what happens is men have a hard though i would say hard i'm gonna use a different word thank you council members uh they have a challenging time in vulnerability when it comes to relationships because they feel they've been taught that their antiquation of their power is in their money, their sex, and what they're able to do and achieve. So when women are asking them to step into vulnerability, they feel like, oh, I don't want to step into that vulnerability. So they immediately go into defense and arguing. And what they don't understand is that all women want is to be able to hold space for them and also for them to hold space for you and to be able to you to understand what is happening emotionally in that situation and whereas we try to figure it out mentally and try to fix it instead of us mm -hmm. just going like okay how can i best show up for you at this time what is it what is the what is it what this was triggering me and that's why i said these horrible things to you and i'm sorry because women when they can close their wound they they grow if they can't close their wound they start to see you as an aggressive threat and then they start bickering with you all the time because they already know they can't let you in anymore because they know you're just going to keep hitting that same wound so the wound gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then they become more and more defensive and more and more holding up um being upset with you so anytime you say anything they're rolling their eyes or they're, they're snapping at you to protect themselves because their wound is still open so we have to as men 
start learning how to close those wounds in a very um, authentic and loving way, but also recognize our triggers and help teach our partners, whoever we're with, about what that trigger is so we don't keep repeating it. I think there's so much power in what you just said. Uh, and it's and it's so true, uh, you know, and it's it's loving to be that way. It's honest to be that way. It's humble to be that way. It shows humility and vulnerability. Like, I, I think it's just like saying, like, listen, I, 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 and I have done that where you go, this, I'm feeling this, this isn't necessarily in relation to you at all. I'm feeling this. And so thank you. I, I'm triggered. I want to figure this out. Let me digest a little bit. I'm going to come back to you on that. And, and then I've also found where, when a partner can say, if you need support, in that please let me know how i can help yeah um, and i find that uh just so evolving and loving that it's like now now you're now you're playing as a team now you're like you know michael jordan scotty pippen <laughs> to, for a yeah. you know what i mean like it's like i got you i got you like i didn't i didn't play that play well and i don't know why i didn't play that well i need a moment okay cool can i support you yeah let me let me let me look at it first and then I'm going to come to you and we're going to discuss that play and see how how that happened. You know what I mean? And that's life. That's partnership, that's business, that's relationships, that's friendships, that's a lot of things. It's like not not popping off right away when we feel something and understanding that something is happening internally and what a beautiful moment if we can recognize it and immediately give it attention, right? Yeah. I mean, I even say that to my to my buddies. I'm like, stop being afraid of your wife's vagina or your girlfriend's vagina. They're like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, it's very simple. You think you need to create a value of you being needed more than you needing her because you're afraid that by her having a vagina, she can walk out the door tomorrow and go off with a better man who has more than what you have or can give her more than what you have. And so that fear is perpetuated inside of you. And until you actually acknowledge it, that you feel you need to be more valuable in the relationship than what she can bring, so you can feel safe, is actually causing the deficit in your relationship because you're not seeing yourselves and holding yourselves in each other's power. You're not being in your power and you're not allowing her to be in your her power to equal to yours so you can be the power couple. And so in order for us men to really get out of that, that old frequency that has been passed down from generations by oppressing women to make ourselves feel better, we have the money, we hold the money, we hold the strings, you make the babies, you do this and do that. We limit ourselves from actually seeing how powerful we are because when we have a mate who is fully activated and fully actualized in their power, it edifies our power even more and versus our power also edifies their power and together we're amplifying love into the world and that is what it's about. Uh, you know, and, and that that just, the expansion that comes from something like that, like I, I you know, if we all recognize that I am responsible and accountable for this soul showing up and it's my goal to constantly elevate it in its relationship to you as well because obviously if we're you know if we're sharing as a partnership or we're sharing as a friendship or anything i need to keep stepping into that on a daily basis and i need to keep understanding that and so my triggers are not your triggers your triggers are not mine and so you know instead of that reactivity that you see in so many people and, and i love what you're saying about men and i you know a lot of men deal with that and a lot of men don't talk about it as much publicly um, because either A, they don't even know how to voice that or B, 
understand what's happening at the subconscious level or see, you know, society says, you know, this is how it should be. So I'm hoping that you probably deal with a lot of men and help them in in those conversations, because I I think that they like the old paradigm of thinking of, well, here's how I'm in control and here's how I I live in my insecurities. (laughs) I don't think that shit's going to work anymore. (laughs) It hasn't for a while, but it's definitely not going to work where we're going. Yeah, exactly. Like with my girlfriend, I'll say to her, babe, I feel insecure right now. I feel weak right now. I want to cry right now. And she'll be like, babe, my arms are open. Come sit on the bed right now and cry in my arms and scream and get it out. And I just crawl on the bed and just snuggle into her and I cry like a baby. And then after she just holds that space and I'm just a stronger man. It's like, I don't, I don't need to pretend that those feelings and those things aren't showing up for me. And if right. I can't reveal them to her, then why are you my partner? And, and, and the same goes for everything. If I'm not amplifying love with my friends, if I'm not amplifying love, if I'm sitting at lunch with you and I'm not feeling lit because we're not amplifying together, then I just, that's not, I don't get involved in those relationships. Because to me, like the relationship that I have with my ancestors and the relationship that I have with the spirits and the relationship I have with animals and the relationship I have with nature is the same relationship I'm going to have with you. It's not just me always going to the spirits and being like, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. It's also listening to how I can support spirit, how I can support nature, how I can support the animals. It's having a relationship that's a two way, um, you know, um, energy. So it's not just me taking and taking and taking because I'm in this desperate place. It's also about me giving. Like, what do you need trees? What do you need animals, uh, spirit? What do you need right now for me? What, you want me to go do what? You want me to go help these children right now who are suffering? Absolutely, I'm on it. You want me to add pro bonos into my sessions? Okay, let's do it. You want me to help this woman with cancer and not charge her? Absolutely, that's what it is. You want me just to go outside and just, just, just hold love for everyone? That's fine, I'll do it because for me, relationship isn't about getting all the time it's about this beautiful symbiosis of giving and getting and taking and expanding and exploring and 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 amplifying and that's what makes that's the sweet spot of humanity that we all can get to and i know it's possible and so what we are achieving right now as a human race is to take down the discords that have clouded us from being able to see that level of, of community, family, and, 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 and tribe relationship that is really ushering us in to a new way of interacting with each other and recognizing each other. You know, all the stuff you see with the Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff. All this stuff is happening not just to focus on black lives, you know, it's to focus on the human way that we've been conducting our relationships with each other and not just with each other based on color, but based on all levels of of how we've been um, living as, as, as a species on this planet and all the billions of other species that are on this planet that we're not even acknowledging. We take time to go learn French, but we don't take time to learn how to speak to a horse or an animal or a tree, but we, they're, they're, they have a language too. And we have to learn that language and we learn it by getting into that place of reverence and that place of humbleness, that place of humility, that place of true devotion of really wanting to be a part of the all, not just the I. You know, it's been, it's an interesting, uh, we were talking about the watching of um, how the conditioning and how people have been communicating with each other and especially with the Black Lives Matter. And uh, as, as 
one of several uh, issues that have come up. And uh, it's something that I'm hearing from a lot of people is that, well, usually they say, it's been an interesting year. <laughs> and I go, yeah, you know, go on. And they say, well, watching people and their behaviors, especially people that some that they've been close to, some that they weren't close to, um, and watching how they're handling things is showing them, you know, where they really at and where they need to still work on versus before kind of the masks of society and how things were just kind of like, you know, they, they might've thought about it before, but they didn't really see it. And now it's, 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 it's causing people to see like, Oh, I see you. I understand you. Uh, you got some work to do. We all do. But I mean, it's, it's a very interesting time that people are seeing the, how the all the behaviors as a collective are happening and it's is prompting a lot of uh new conversations that wouldn't have happened before you know so again back to your point about opportunities yeah it's a great opportunity and you know like for instance like my girlfriend you know we we've had such huge uh how do we say quantum leaps in our relationship because you know for me she's the princess of norway so she grew up in the royal palace she grew up with white privilege she never had to answer for anything you know everything was laid out for her so when i entered into her life and, and now around all the royal families and all her cousins in england and spain and monaco the whole family all of them they're all cousins they're all families and i started pointing out to her this is what white privilege looks like. This is what racism looks like. Let me demonstrate and show you how it shows up in the royal family. Let me go, let, when we go to these royal events and we go to these the royal wedding and all these things, do you see what that remark was? Do you see what the, the nuance is? And she was like, she wasn't like combative or upset. She was just like, oh my God, I had no idea. And I wasn't upset with her because I was like, you were born into this system, babe. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. Like, I get it. You know, like you, you, you were born in to become queen of a country. Your father's the king. Like you were born in this way of living. But that doesn't mean that you can't evolve. So but I'm not here to tell you how to do it. And she said to me one morning, she said, well, you know, what do I want? What am I going to do with this information? I said, that's up to you. I'm not here to, to dictate to you. I'm not here to force you or push you. I am here to hold space for you with unconditional love. And that's how I show up in every way. It's for people, it's like, I'm not here, this, I'm not here, I'm not your teacher. I'm here to help you remember, that's it. I'm just putting things in front of me and be like, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this? People are like, oh my God, you're right, I do remember that. And oh my goodness, I do have these gifts. And oh my goodness, I, I can do these things. And so when she, when I held that space of love for her and she was the first of all her world family, including her cousin Harry and Meg, when she stood up and was like, hey, this is a real issue and wrote that letter about our relationship and about racism and about being white privileged in the royal family and how racism exists and all these different things. She got so blasted by the media for it. And I simply said, babe, you're making waves. And when you're making waves, you're making change. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and well, and you're also... I want to back backtrack. You're absolutely right, by the way. <laughs> when, when you when you open something up for the world to see, um, and you have a platform like that, it's going to happen. That's going to happen, and you have to stand firm in your, um, you know, in that power of truth. You have to stand firm in your truth. The other thing I was I was uh, really proud and listening was um, the fact that you're 
when you say I'm helping you remember because I'm I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to hold space open that what how and when you remember something and when you feel something that is not judged. It's not ridiculed. It's not looked at weird. It's not any like it's all good. Like it's perfectly normal to have been blind or not been able to see things right or see things a certain way or or see now what they really feel like and talk yes. about them and so by uh, you you really hold space and and holding space you know it, it allows people to feel their way right through and be like oh oh my god i get it and you're like yeah i i know you do and again that fact that when you hold space you're not judging them i mean so they probably just love being in your presence in that manner of like you that they can say anything as they start to see anything you know and that's huge that's everything i mean and 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 people that's what i'm saying people have more power than anything to realize things on their own mm. but they need the space they need the catalyst or they need the 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 influential individuals such as yourself you know and what we talk about to 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 you know be that catalyst into like hey it's like all the space is here for you go for it and watching that unravel and watching that come to light, it's huge. You know, I think that's everything. And, and, and then there's so much power and energy in that, too. So, you know, yeah, just be the witness, you know, just be the witness with an open heart with love. Like I, I watch people go from like tri different tribes, different communities and stuff yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. I, I always ask my friend, I'm like, look, does this community that you just got involved in, are there rules and regulations and things that you have to do in order to be a part of that, be a part of that community? They're like, yeah. I'm like, so you just went from one slavery to the next? Like, yes. you want I go true tribe, true community is where space is held unconditionally. If you want to balk like a chicken, jump up and down, whatever you need to do. You want to take off all your clothes? Take off all your clothes. I ain't judging. I'm here to just love on you. I'm just going to love you and 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 hold that space. You can say whatever you got to say because you got a witness. You have a witness here who loves you unconditionally and knows how powerful you are and how you are the creator in embodiment and to watch because basically you know the way i look at it is that my soul and our souls are one and so all spirit is doing is projecting through you through me through the tree yes. and the flowers all creation yes. so i get to watch creation fully expressed as you as you get to watch creation fully expressed as me and let's just Let's have a party. Let's throw on some country music. Let's throw some house music on whatever kind of music, whatever floats your boat. For me, it's country music, but you know, you do what you do and you get to live in that perspective of truth. And I'm just here to hold space in any which way you wish to show up. And that just makes me feel lit just by being around you. Because I know you're not holding back. Like you're not, you're, you're letting all of it come out and that's exactly god fully expressed in you and that makes me a happy a happy human being no it's so well put you know when you, and when you you see them when you when when you love on people it's an interesting thing to watch that light come to the surface they're like this feels good you're like yeah it's supposed to <laughs> you know and they, yeah and they, and, and they and they realize like oh wow like so it's not like what I've been taught or it's not like what I've been conditioned or it's not like this. It's not what I'm really thinking or saying. I'm like, no, none of it really is. I'm like, or it is, it is whatever you want it to be. But like the beauty is that you have choice and, and responsibility and accountability. But this is the space that if you love on somebody and, and provide that you can see how much different their energy expands in that moment versus contracts and pulls away. And then, you know, and then that energy goes around somebody else and somebody else. And, 
you know, we have a way bigger ripple effect, I think, than people really realize. So, mm. you know, yes, yeah. what happens in the invisible plane is so much huger than what happens in the in the tangible plane. Oh, so true. Absolutely. Mm. And you know, I was with people, even people get angry and whatever. I'm like, here, let me open the window, scream as loud as you want to scream, get out. You know, and they're like, really? I'm like, yes, you have poison that needs to come out. Get it out. Let me open the window for you. You need a bucket? Let me get you a bucket. You're going to throw up? Right. I was driving in the car. My friend was like, oh, Shaman Dirk, I feel like I'm getting an anxiety attack because we're talking about this this man that I broke up with and I feel like I'm getting an anxiety attack. Okay, I'm like, okay, you're getting an anxiety attack? I said, well, then have the anxiety attack. And that's what you feel you want to create for yourself right now. You'll just probably pass out, hyperventilate, and you'll wake up in a couple minutes. All good. Like, whatever you got to do. I'm here to hold space for you. And you're going to go through your shamanic experience. That's the first thing we learn in shamanism as children is that whenever people go through crying, screaming, throwing up, whatever, all we do is hold space for them. We don't try to stop it, limit it, or hold it back. We're like, let it get out. You want to yell? Go ahead and yell. I will hold and be a witness to your yelling. Let's go. <laughs> and people, you know, anybody listening right now, I want you guys to understand that's some of the most powerful thing you could do right there. It's really just, again, that like what you're talking about, holding the space and, and, and allowing the just people to just breathe or scream <laughs> or cry yeah. or vent or say all these. And it's, by the way, it's always interesting too when, when, when after it happens, you look at them, you're like, you feel better, right? They're like, I do, I do. And I'm like, you're not holding on to it anymore, are you? Like, no, not really. I'm like, cool. I'm like, you know, you can do that anytime you want, right? <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> I'm like, the cage is only in your mind, my friend. It's only in your mind. So uh, what do you what do you have coming up? I mean, you've got a lot of things going on. You know, I know you and you had the Spirit Hacking book. Uh, and I'd love to if you want to talk a little more about that. You've got Shaman School. You've got, you know, uh, things that are happening with TV and you've probably got some other things coming up. What what talk about anything you want? I want to hear what's going on. <laughs> so uh, projects I have coming up. Well, I just finished the whole thing with Nelson Mandela and Kofi Annan. I do. Um, my girlfriend and I, we are the spokespeople for for Mandela's organization. So we mm -hmm. do that thing every year. So we just finished that, which has been really amazing. And um, I've been focusing on the healing temple, which I've been offering people every week where you come in, um, you know, um, digitally for mm -hmm. 30 minutes. We I take you through a whole healing. People have been writing letters from all over the world, from Dubai, China, Japan. Every, people come from all over. We have people from Iraq, Iran, uh, Kazakhstan, Afghanistan, uh, Paris, everywhere. They come in and we just get loved up. We get healing and we, we cover on different topics. Like, like today, one was, you know, being able to overcome the, the things that scared you from the unknown. What was the thing that scared you? Was it a parent? You know, so we go back to those, those energies in your body. Uh, was it a boogeyman? What was it that made you afraid of the unknown? Clear that so you can be open to all the, the, all the energies and frequencies that are coming in on the daily um, so we do that, you know, so then I also, yeah, I have some TV stuff coming up. Uh, Good Morning America is coming up, which I'm going to be on, um, you know, and just like I'm always getting stuff for different stuff for television. It's just it's all about it has to be the right energy, the right fit. So right now it's kind of in a, a period where we're focusing on that. And then the shaman school, uh, you know, just really leveling up people's powers, putting the power back in their hands, debunking a lot of things that, you know, spiritual things that people know they have but they've been told it's something else and really just helping them to really learn how to access those energies how to tap into their ancestry how to speak to spirits how to move energies you know like really cool stuff i spend time with dave asprey you know we always sit he likes to put machines on and see if i can like lower someone's heart rate or blood pressure or open up their energies like he puts on the machine to look at things because the thing is is that 
my focus for life is to really help people remember how powerful they really are and to utilize that information into science and share. That's what I do on the TV show, The Doctors, is really show the world on television in front of the doctors that these things are real and that this isn't hocus pocus, you know, um, trickery, you know, uh, this isn't, you know, woo woo. This is the way we were supposed to be given our ability since we were children. And this is what everyone is seeking to find. That's why human beings are doing plant medicine and doing all yes. these things and experimenting all those things because humans know something has been taken from me. Something's been robbed. I've been robbed. But it's literally the true light is literally you becoming light. Yes. You are the light. You are a spectrum of energy that expands throughout the universe that every spirit and spirit world can see as codes, frequencies, and energy forms that represent you as a creator. And so as you learn that that creation, God or source, is the center of that light source inside of you waiting for you to tell it what it can do. It's not, it's not asking anything other than what do you say is possible? What do you believe? And I'll make it so. Your ego's job is just to make it happen. So your ego's job is just like the person who sits at the courthouse and takes notes. It's like, oh, you think life is hard? Okay, so life is hard. We're now going to put that into action for you. Anything else you want to know? Anything else you want to say? Oh, you think money's hard to come by? Okay, we will now set into motion money hard to come by. We got that. Okay, anything else? That's all your ego does. It's yes. not when people say kill your ego, do all this. I'm like, you guys are so stuck in demonizing everything. You don't understand. <laughs> your ego can't be destroyed. Your ego is there to edify your reality in a constructive way. It's, its purpose is to make it that you believe in the universe that you choose to see. So you stay in it. It's kind of like an anchor. I call it the great paperweight. I, I, I've actually, I've loved that for a while. Um, I, I heard that some time ago about you, you can never get rid of your ego. You're not supposed to, but you have to have a relationship with it. And so you, you just proved a perfect point of um, taking a step back and actually having one communicate with it, you know, and it, it, it's instant. Like it answers you instantly. Yeah. You know? Or you can simply just say, hey, ego, you know, I had this belief at one time. I've learned so much since then. Can you dismantle the belief? And here's a new one to follow. So and true. Oh my God. I have people who have money problems and they've like, I taught them how to, to connect with their ego and, and dismantle their old money beliefs and add new ones. All of a sudden money came into their life. They're like, how is this possible, Shamander? I said, because your ego is there to, to, to define your reality. So if you have a program that it's following, I don't care how many seminars you go to, how many books you read and right. how many Hail Marys or come to Jesus moments you have, it's going to do the same thing. So if you believe that God should punish you because you did sinful things, then the ego will make sure you get punished accordingly. Exactly. If you believe that life should be hard and then you'll, you'll struggle through it and then you'll reward yourself and be happy and live this great life, then your ego will make sure that's the reality. It's your choice. It's always your choice. And so again, it's, you know, it's really, it's based on what humans, human beings want to experience. I always say, you know, uh, when I died, on, and, uh, and a lot of people know about that if they read the book Spirit Hacking, when I died, um, when I went to the other side, the one thing they said to me was, uh, all suffering comes from malfunction in thinking. All mm. suffering. Yes. They didn't say, like, only this one. All suffering comes from malfunction in thinking. It means you thinking against yourself. You thinking against creation. The greatest sin that people talk about sin is you going against love. You going against the truth of your creation every time you say something to yourself that is not empowering and loving and nurturing and supporting. I'm already getting the book. I, uh, I 
I read um, uh, Anita Morjani dying to be me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, on that other side, you know, that's the part that people don't realize, you know, that that's happening. Um, I, I went through that. Well, I read it when I, I lost my father last year. Excuse me. Uh, he passed last year. I didn't lose him. Actually, I communicate with him more than ever. I've had the most amazing miracles actually happen in the last year working with him daily. But um, but it was interesting to understand that to your, your exact point on the other side that um, when you can look down onto the earthly plane and it's like, oh, wow, the suffering is just all in the head. It's all in the mind and it's all it's all created. Um, and you know, from that side being very limitless and feeling so good and pure light and pure love that, uh, you know, in hearing about her return. And, uh, so I, am looking forward to reading about your, your experience of that. And then, and then I'll call you afterwards. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Let's stay in touch. I would love that. I'd love for us to be in each other's lives. You're such an amazing person and a beautiful soul. I feel that your father, your ancestors speak highly of you. They're very proud of you. They said you went through a lot of challenges in the past three years and how you've come out of that. And they've been really supportive of seeing you really stepping in and owning a lot of responsibility. And so it's really beautiful, um, you know, to see that level of, of, of love from your family members on the other side. And your father is such an amazing person. He's so funny, that guy, Um, (laughs) you know, and, you know, and just having him be there with you and he's making connection with you. And, you know, and now that you have these powers that, um, that, you know, you can easily call him in very easily now. Um, and just immediately go into a full-on conversation with him because you those powers are very strong in you. And your elemental spirits are looking forward to for you to spend more time with them. And there's so many other beings that are that are talking to me and telling me about all the wonderful things that you come here to do. And I'm really excited about um, you know, these new projects that you are going that you are stepping into when it comes to really um helping helping people who don't have the information that's available to them in creating programs to be able to help um, the youth. And, you know, there's a lot of beautiful things that your ancestors are sharing with me. And I'm really excited for all of that. Oh, thank you for that. I, I truly am excited as well, too. And I can feel it. I've felt it for some time. And, uh, you know, any chance to continue connecting with my father at further and further levels is always appreciated. I, I absolutely love spending time talking to him daily. And, uh, um, and if I don't do it enough, I, you know, it's moments like these that remind me to go deeper, you know. So, uh, yeah, and you don't even have to go deeper. Just like human beings make things harder than they have to be because they want to be so righteous and right. It's like just let go, surrender, and recognize that there's so much power in you. It's so beautiful. I love it. You know, well, I, I also I give you a lot of credit because, um, you know, one of the things that I had to, <laughs> I just got the chills. <laughs> but uh, uh, one of the things that, I, you know, I, I feel very fortunate to, have connection and, and work and have worked on it for a long time and, and be able to be open. You probably have some people who have connection and you probably have some others that they're just coming into understanding what that connection is. And so, you know, you being able to bring that out of people is not, a, you know, on your side, it's easy, but on theirs, they're probably like, wow, this is new. Like, what is this? And, you know, and it's like, yeah, well, you, you've always had these powers, but you know, now in, in strengthening your connection, you can go, you can, you can do it even more, you know, than yeah. they even realize. So, this has been an amazing episode. I, I truly appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for doing all this. Of course. I love you. That's why I'm here. I'm here to serve. I, I love you too. And and by the way, and everybody listening, um, you know, I said at the very, very beginning, at Shaman Durek, just go follow him on, on Instagram. You can look him up, shamandurek.com. Uh, S-H-A-M-A-N-D-U-R-E-K. 
case you guys were wondering. I can make it a little bit easier. Uh, but look him up. You know, connect with him. I always tell you guys to, to do this. You know, the guests are here. You know, reach out to them. You know, let them know whether you heard them from the show or you just you know say, hey, you know, I, I heard you talking about this. I would love to know more information, etc. Um, any other way that they can, everybody can get a hold of you, or is that is that the best way? Or that's the best way. I do shamandirect.com. Yeah, I'm. Um, that's the best way to get in touch with me. I answer all my DMs because I believe very much in tribe, yes. and I want everyone to know how much I love them and I care about them. So I'm always present. Awesome. I love, and you know how I feel about that because I mentioned that at the beginning. It's, I, did. Uh, I loved it. I was like, yes, this is my brother. Yes, yes. So, so important. Uh, and, you know, and I think that um, when you create such a, a community like that, again, like think about how that energy expands, which is obviously what you've done. And I, and I feel the same way. It's it's like, no, no, this is this is where you get to be as real as you want to be. And like, welcome, you know, welcome to your real life. <laughs> you know, whatever. So thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, for everybody listening, again, Shaman Durek, uh, check him out. I mean, he's everywhere online, and he's he's uh, and you're based out in Los Angeles, correct? Yes, I'm. Yes, but yes. he's all over the world, <laughs> and so and check out his book, Spirit Hacking. He's got uh, Shaman School, and he's he's on TV, and he's got all kinds of programs. But most importantly, just a really really good soul. Reach out to him. You know, reach out to them in the DM. Talk to him. Um, he'll guide you any number of ways and uh you know i appreciate you being on the show thank you my brother P truly i truly appreciate it. i know you're a busy man so i really appreciate being you being here thank you matt i love you brother absolutely i love you too brother for everybody listening for shaman direct for myself matt gossman and for the podcast hustle sold separately we are out